What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Project Verbatim. This week, we have a very special guest in studio, the Knicks. Yes, we're going to sit down with her and we're going to go over a few things about, uh, you know, just her life and uh, her experiences with being a mom. You know, uh, hopefully we can get some uh, some good content out of the situation. So with that being said, let's jump right into the next episode. This is Project Verbatim. What's up, what's up, what's up, people? Welcome back to another episode of Project Verbatim. I am your host, Rodney E. And as promised, I have a very special guest on the show today. As promised, we have the special Miss Nix. No? You don't want that one? You don't want to be called that? It's it's fine. What would you rather be introduced as? I honestly don't know. Because it's fine. Well, anyway, Nix, Nikki, whatever you want to call her. She probably don't want to use her government name, so we'll keep it just as that. So you can refer to her as the Knicks. So here we go. How you doing? I'm cool or whatever. Is that that's that's it? You, you being a little bashful? That's generally not your attitude. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Oh my <laughs> it's gosh, not. It's really? Not. It's not. Okay. It's not. All right. But anyway, how how how's it going? How's your 2019 starting off? I mean, it's the first day, so you know. Any any uh altercations so far? <laughs> I mean, it was there was almost one that I was in the midst. I wasn't in the midst of it, but it was like happening on both sides of me. But um, you know, no one was physically assaulted, and it ended. And so, were you the starter, the finisher, or the resolver? Which one was it? I wasn't the starter. Okay. Was I the finisher? I wasn't the finisher. Was I the resolver? I was attempting to be. Okay. So so let's let's dig into that a little bit because it sounded like you was just hours into the year. So what what happened with that? Let's let's go over that a little bit, if you don't mind. <laughs> you don't have to use real names. You don't have to use places. Just just give the general uh synopsis of what happened. Um, so I was out with some friends and this guy like slid up and had his hand on my lower back and I wasn't sure like what his intentions were so before I could even turn around to see what he wanted or what was happening my friend like I guess she caught wind of him touching my lower back and she scooped in and was like no this is my bitch and she always does that when we go out like as like a, a joke she'll like cock block basically but Somehow it went super wrong really fast and mm-hmm, her and the guy started mm-hmm. arguing and he like she had her hand up like in his face and he like pushed her hand down and I'm like trying to tell him like this is what she do. He's like, No, it's little girl shit and y'all over here looking nice and I was just trying to tell y'all y'all look good and blah 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 and then you know, try to keep them apart. They're steady fussing. I'm literally in the, standing in between mm-hmm. them two. Right, right. And I'm trying to t- call them, tell them both to calm down and stop this because we're in a public place. And I don't even know this guy. And it, it was just a mess. Like, it was a mess. I had to push my friend away. And then she just, it just, it just escalated. And I was trying to de-escalate the situation. And then I realized that I just had to just, you know, 
just be quiet. Just let her feel how she felt, and then we just moved on from there. Okay, so normally when you go out, is there ever any situations where you felt like you had to be the bodyguard for any of your friends? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's happened before. I'm not the bodyguard, but it's just like you see some people treating your friend wrong or especially when it's guys. I don't understand why guys would feel comfortable even arguing with a girl or trying to step to a female. Like more, most of the time, y'all are already taller, bigger. Like what do you have to do? What do you want to do? Why do you have to step to a female? Like I can understand if she disrespects you, but just go, especially in like clubs or public places like you're not gonna win it's not gonna be in your favor just let it go and guys always try to step to my friends because they normally have big personalities and i try to go in the middle and intervene before the shit get worse and i just don't i just don't like having to do that it's not even with females it's mostly with guys well i, I think i can tell you why that might be a, a thing uh-huh. uh when when you're in a club you know, everybody, most people that go to club, they they come there dressed to impress. Everybody want to be seen, heard to some degree. I kind of think that anytime a guy presses up on a, a, a woman at a club, he expect to win. He expect to get her attention, get the phone number. And if he can't do that, now he has to defend his manhood by not looking like a bitch, if you will. Especially if you turn him down. So now it's not even about you saying no. It's about him not looking like a bitch to everybody else that may see that going on. No, because you look like a bigger bitch by arguing with a bitch. Like you basically have went from being an alpha to whatever's below a beta. Like you were from being six feet tall. And once you start arguing with a female and you get on her level, you have made yourself look three foot two. Like you've shrunken yourself. A real guy would be like, all right, cool, because girls normally outnumber guys in public places like that, like 10, to, 10 one. to 1. 10 to 1. So you don't get this one, fine. Go talk to the girl in the polka dots. You don't get her, fine. Go talk to the girl in the cheetah print. Like, But but what if you are the first person to catch his eye? He really put you on like the top of that list. Then, then what? Because apparently they came to you first that you know of. So everybody else may not but look not as going, good as you. I'm not going to clock who you're talking to. So I could have been first or I could have been third. That's not really what I'm there for. But if me or whoever is at the top of their list and that's who they really want to get with, then they better bring their best A game. And if they get turned down, then you're going to have to settle for something else, you know? So your friend, she felt some kind of way about that altercation have you spoken to her about that since then like has it been resolved have, have you guys taken care of that already it's nothing to take care of it's just i like i said i let her feel how she felt i'm i don't really like arguing it hasn't been brought up and i don't intend on bringing it up because it's nothing for me to really say uh, if i was to bring it up it would just be like this happened this happened this happened that's it like I don't really feel like I have anything to apologize for. It's no resolving it. It's just, that's how she felt. So I just let her feel that way. Well, that sounds like a pretty uh, crappy situation to deal with, especially coming into the new year. Like that's doesn't seem like a situation that you would want to even affiliate yourself with, especially starting off a new year like that. So, I mean, if you said it's over with and y'all dealt with the situation, then let bygones be bygones. So 
Yeah, you know, it's all of us. It's all, you know, I, I happen to know you quite well. So usually when something like that happens, you pretty much talk about it and pretty much just sweep it under the rug and just kind of just like, whatever, it is what it is. So. Yep, exactly. So uh, after that, so uh, on to a more uh, personal side of you. Uh, how, how's the, the mom life been treating you? Oh, my I understand God. you have two little children. Is that correct? Oh, two little monsters, Dora and Diego. Ah. They are just like, ugh. Oh. So what, what 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 age group are we talking here? Toddlers, like these little ones still need their butts wiped. In case you guys didn't notice, they're my kids too. So it's funny, but I'm going to keep talking because she's on my show. So I have to act like I don't know her. So anyway, yeah. <laughs> so, uh. So uh, what's the names? Can we can we get names or you want to throw nicknames out there instead? I just called them Dora and Diego. I'm not going to oh. put my kids' government out there so somebody else huh. can steal their identity again. And then the next thing you know, my daughter so, got a cable bill on her name that she cannot pay. So they're Mexicans. All right. No. I dig it. I dig it. I mean, who knows? No. Well, they're probably more Indian than anything. But No, we're not doing Ancestry.com. <laughs> so. That's not we can't know Anyway, so uh, out of your two children... What experiences have you had that challenge you as being a mother? Let's start with the the oldest one, Dora, if you want to call her that. Yeah. What what what's the most challenging thing about being a, a parent to her? A mom, basically. Um, the most challenging thing is I feel like right now she's going through an overload, so there's a lot that's happening and changing that she's trying to learn and use and adapt. So it's like her emotions get the best of her because of that overload. So it's like, I mean, I kind of understand because right now she's trying to learn ABCs, counting, how to speak full sentences clearly, how to use pronouns properly, how to use utensils properly, how to basically behave and function and kind of realize what the rules, the do's and don'ts are as far as being a child. So it's a lot for her to take in. And I lose my patience because I know how things should go. And, you know, it, to me, it's pretty simple, but I guess I forget that for her, it's a lot. So she, it's a lot for her to take in. She gets emotional. I get emotional. So, so do you feel like she is growing at the a rate faster than she should be or do you think she's right where she should be far as her her learning and and basically growing into her own her own personality if you will i always thought that she was growing and advancing like every other kid but it seems like every time we're in public or even like her grandparents or aunts see her everyone's so impressed with her and i'm just like I thought all normal two and three-year-olds were talking like this, were doing these things, and everybody's just like, wow, I can't believe she can talk so clearly, and oh my goodness, <laughs> like, she knows these things, and I mean, sometimes she impresses me too, it's just like, what, you remember that? So, I guess she's advanced. Well, it's, it's, it's funny, because I still have conversations with her, and I have a hard time understanding some of the words that she actually used, and most of the time, when she used word, I have to make sure she accompany that with a point. Point to what it is that you're talking about. Because she slur her words sometimes, and she can't pronounce them the right way. So, 
it makes it a little challenging for me, especially since how I don't spend all day long with her, being so I have to be at work for a large portion of the day. So a lot of her learning is a big surprise to me. So like I, I come home and she's teaching me something new. And I was like, I didn't even know you knew that. And I have these these big dad moments. Like I can't believe like it's it's incredibly rewarding to see that. And it's uh it's it's fun in a way, but it's also frustrating kind of because it's like if I don't understand it now, I have to learn her as well. Yeah. So it's like and and I've been told numerous times, just slow down, listen to her. Yep. She'll make it more clearer the more she says it, but sometimes she can go overboard with saying stuff as well. And it's just kind of like, ah, what is she saying? No, she has her (laughs) moments and I don't know why she does it because, you know, like she kind of mumbles a little bit. Like you said, she slurs her words. She talks a little weird. And then sometimes she'll just straight babble a whole sentence. And they just look at you in your face and you're like, what the hell? The worst part about the babble is the phone call babble. Oh. <laughs> like, like I'm at work. There's machines going off in the background. <laughs> I'm pushing a, a U-boat. There's people dropping stuff, people talking. It is so hard to hear her. But even down to that, I know I don't have to listen that hard because she's probably not saying much of anything anyway. It's just the fact that she knows I'm listening to her. And you're talking back. And, and that's pretty much all she's asked for. So even down to that, it's 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 a learning process. So I, I, I just really wanted to know where where what your uh mind state was with her her growth and, and you know, just her her upbringing and all of that stuff. So like I said, it's it's fun. It really is. Like I really enjoy being a dad, and the more I get to learn about them, I think it uh it, it brings you know all of us a little little closer together. But enough about Dora. <laughs> Let's talk about this Diego guy because I hear <laughs> he is the cat's meow. Okay? <laughs> I hear that all the aunties love him. Yes. Grandmas adore him. Yes. And anybody who see him oh that gosh. doesn't know him look at him like he's some type of celebrity. He should be. Like he has uh a a very unique way of getting people's attention. Yeah. And it's not nothing he says. Oh no. It's not all. nothing he does. Nope. It's a feature that he was born with. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that feature. <laughs> Where did he get it from? So he has a patch of just the grayest of gray hair, like a whitish. I'm gonna call it silver for for. Because you're a fo- Dallas football fan. All day and tomorrow, Cowboys in the playoffs, ten to six this year. Oh yeah. So he has Seattle. We getting in the ass. <laughs> he has a patch of silver or gray hair mm-hmm. on his um. On the right side of his head. In like the middle of it though. It's not like in the front. But um, it's a birthmark. He had it since he slid out. If that's what happened. That's literally, literally what happened. We'll talk about that a little later. I'm not even going. We, we're not going <laughs> to spoil that one. Why I said that. So <laughs> anyway. Okay. So he's it's a birthmark. He's had it since he was born. And I also have a patch of gray hair. On the right side of my hair. Head. And it's also like kind of in the same spot, but my patch isn't as big as his is, I don't believe. But it never fails because his hair has grown so much since he's been born, even though he's only mm-hmm. one. But all the women always stop and ask, oh my gosh, 
He has this page that's an angel's kiss. That's a blessing. He has wisdom. That's God. And everyone just loves this page. Like I said, especially the ladies. Like his doctor looks at it every time she sees this man. And I just don't understand it. My friends always ask me like, even your own fa- your father <laughs> was like, what y'all do to his hair? <laughs> and it's like, he is a baby. Why would I do this to one patch in his head? Uh, and gray of all colors. Like, people always ask that question. Like, what happened? What are you talking about? It's, it's funny because when I first saw it, I thought his hair was just like matted really good. Because when I, well... I'll let her tell the story and then I'll jump back in at that point to, to explain why I thought what I thought about his hair. But anyway, um, this, you have a pretty interesting uh, labor story for him. Ava, it was pretty routine. It was straight to the point. Uh-huh. Uh, damn, I just gave her name away. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's fine. There's a million of them in the world. But anywho. Literally. Um, her her story was pretty structured. Yeah. You know, it was planned to the T and it went according to the plan. You know, well, 90% of the plan anyway. But that, it was a complete different situation. So let's, let's talk about that morning or night leading up to his uh, emergence from the... Uh, from the, uh, the womb, if you will. Okay, so... Uh... My due date was set for October 6th, and they were like, okay, on the 6th, you're going to come in at 3 a.m., and we're going to start the um, induction process, the inducing process, basically. And I was like, okay, whatever. No bags were packed because I thought I had time. So whatever the last day of September was, um, I went to my mom's house, and I was having contractions while I was there, but they weren't that bad to, like, stop me from moving or anything like that so going up and down steps washing dishes playing with eight ava just uh basically carrying on my regular routine nighttime came i was still having contractions but i was able to sleep in between them so they weren't that bad and i kept taking like bathroom breaks because it felt like i just always had to pee like every five minutes (laughs) when i had contractions every (laughs) five minutes so then I realized, like, I'm getting woken up by these contractions, like, pretty frequently, but they're not hitting hard enough. So I was like, this can't be labor. Like, these got to be Braxton Hicks. So, but I downloaded an app anyway to kind of keep track of when the contractions were hitting and how long they were lasting. And the app was basically like, you need to go right now. And I was like, nah, I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> Because I could still sleep between them. And stubborn. I was still sleeping in between the contractions. Like, even if it was like five minutes apart, I would go to sleep those five minutes, wake up, have the contractions for however long, put it in the app, go back to sleep until it happened again. Because I kept thinking, like, these contractions got to hit harder. They got to, like, attack my whole middle half is what I thought. Because I only felt it... um, I want to say, like, on the front of my stomach. Like, I never felt nothing on the back or on the side. It was just, like, one particular area I felt contraction. I was like, normally they hit harder and they spread, but this isn't happening. So, I just let it go. And then that morning, I woke up and I was just like, I can't I can't take it anymore. I, 
it wasn't even like it was unbearable. Mm-hmm. I just woke you up and told you, like, listen, this is what's happening. What do you think should happen? And um, I think I, like, called my mom. She said, call the hospital. So I did. And they asked, like, had my water broke or anything like that? And I was like, no. So the advice nurse, since it was a high-risk pregnancy, they told me that I should come to the hospital anyway. So I was like, okay, cool. I took a shower. Uh, <laughs> a long shower. <laughs> Like, uh, like a long shower. Like, she was enjoying the shower. It felt the hot water did feel good, but it just was like, in my mind, I wasn't thinking that I was going to, that this wasn't it, not yet. Because I was like, I'm going to get to the hospital. They're going to hook me up to these machines. I'm going to be there for like five hours before anything happens. Like, oh, waste of time. But whatever. Take my shower, pack everybody's bags, which is my bag, helped you pack yours. Then we had to pack. Doors bag basically for grandma's house. Look, wait, wait. Let before we go into this, it is incredibly hard to keep calling her Dora for you <laughs> and 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 the other one, uh, Diego. So I'm gonna call him what the names is because that's fine. Like, okay, it, I, I just don't want to com- keep confusing myself. We should call him boy and girl, like in ah, bird yeah, box. like bird box. That was weird. It was <laughs> stupid, but it was it was it was good. But anyway, okay, back to the story. Whatever. Bags is packed. We get in the car. Yeah, I think it was. You said it was cold. It I was, was. It was at least. It, I I want to say it was about because in in October it it really doesn't get that cold at this point in time. But this this particular morning it was it was extremely cold that morning. Like it was frost on the windows, kind of cold. Oh yeah, it was. Yeah, but so. it felt like a smooth eighty five degrees. Okay, I had a hoodie on and I had it open. I was sweating. <laughs> And I'm waddling to the car, and then I see that there's a tow truck in the parking lot, just in the middle of the parking Sitting lot. Sitting smack dead in the center of the lot. And I was to like, the point Jesus. where, though, well, just, just to give you an idea, this parking lot was one way in, one way out. We were at the very end of the parking lot. So the turn we had to make, the truck was blocking the exit to the parking lot. So we literally had to kind of wait till they moved out of the way. Or else we would have hit a car or hit one of them. So Yeah, we would have needed a tow truck. It was slow going getting out of the lot. Now, just to give a general idea of how far we had to travel, <laughs> we lived far west county, uh, the Windsor Mill area. So we had to make two stops. One. The first stop was uh, the grandmother's house and then the second stop being the hospital. Yep. This is where the story gets interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it becomes... Calm and cool, and then complete chaos. <laughs> so let's 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 dig into that part of it. Okay, so like you said, we were Baltimore County to Baltimore City to get to my mom's house, which is like twenty minutes, I believe. And um, yeah, about six seven miles. So I was having contractions the whole way, so I'm just like, okay, okay, okay. And then it's like we pulled up to her house. And my water breaks. All hell breaks loose. Like, in my sweatpants, like, I felt the pop of it. And then I felt the wetness in the scene. I'm like, oh, my gosh, my water breaks. All (laughs) hell broke loose. So. Literally. (laughs) So, the contractions, of course, when your water breaks, they come harder. The thing about it is, is that it wasn't that they were painful. It's just a constant discomfort. And that irritates me. So, it's like. I'm feeling this discomfort just keep hitting me, keep on no break. I can't breathe. I'm sweating. Okay, sweating. My baby, well, 
at that time she wasn't really a baby. She was like 18 months or so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but my one and a half year old is in the back seat. And at one point the contractions got so unbearable that I got out of my seatbelt, turned around mm-hmm. and I'm holding the headrest growling into the back seat. Scaring the crap out of she's, my one and a half She's sitting in the front seat, almost in the back seat. Yeah. Like, I couldn't help it. I had to, like, make some kind of noise. And I could just feel this pressure just slowly just descending. Like, I'm, in my, I'm telling you, like, he's coming. He's coming right now. Like, there was nothing I could do to stop. It was like having buttery hands and holding <laughs> a vase. And you could feel it slipping from your grasp. That was the baby coming out of my vagina. And I was like, you're like, I'm going to call the ambulance. I'm like, this is Baltimore City. They will not get here for another two hours. And I don't care how close they are. They're not coming on time. I was like, we will beat them to the hospital. And my mom was just trying to like console me and keep me calm. And I'm just like, I'm pretty calm, but I just know that this baby is coming. And my fear is having this baby in this Volvo. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) All right. I'm going to stop you right there because this is the part where I pick up at. Now, we actually make it to uh, her mom's house where we were dropping Ava off at because we didn't want to take Ava to the hospital. It was going to be too much going on, and we that's just not something we wanted to do. So um, the plan was already set in stone for Ava to go there. So that's exactly what we did. We went there thinking we still had time. Along the way, I lied to you now. I broke at just about every traffic law there is. <laughs> far as you know staying in lanes not running red lights i didn't run any stop signs because i i I was deep i was on my horn heavy this entire day now we were talking about this semi kind of earlier today this was before the the new traffic cameras were even put into to the places that they're now if these cameras were there when this went on I would have had at least $2,000 worth of speeding tickets and traffic violations. So it kind of worked out in, in, in that sense. So I'm literally speeding to drop Ava off and get her to the hospital. Because at this point, he's probably already in her pants. Like yeah. it was, I was so outside of myself. This is how, this is how messed up in the head I was. I could not figure out why my phone screen <laughs> was not turning on and the entire time i'm trying to figure this out i'm driving i'm trying to calm her down i'm trying to make sure ava's not screaming her head off all the while i'm like i i I even suggested calling the ambulance and i suggested it and my phone didn't even work (laughs) so i'm like why is the screen not turning on and then i just had to tell myself all right just calm down you're no good to her if you're freaking out too so I had to really, I had to pull myself back a little bit and like, oh, the screen is just dim. Like, because the, sc- the screen brightness was at its lowest level. So when you go outside, it almost looks like your screen's not even on at all. So at this point, I finally get the screen work. So at this point, we're, um, I had, we already dropped Ava off. And now I have to speed over East Baltimore, go through East Baltimore to Towson because we went to, uh, uh, GBMC is where we had, you know, both the children. So I'm speeding across town and the whole time I'm driving, I'm literally calling out times to her. This is how much time we had. We can make it. We can make it all the while. She's not hearing any of this. <laughs> like it's, she's completely, she's doing everything in her power to not have him in this car. <laughs> 
Like, like if you don't really think of Volvos as places to have children, not the kind of car that I have anyway. It's a it's a small two door car, and you really don't want to have a child in this car. So I'm speeding over there, and we finally get to the hospital, and I pulled up into the emergency uh, uh, parking area or whatever where we're not supposed to park. It's more so a fire lane than anything. So I get out the car. I get her out the car. I'm walking her in the front door. There's not a single soul sitting at this front desk. Not a one. Just by luck, some lady was ending her shift, came down the steps. And I told her, I said, we need a nurse. We we about to have a baby. So she, I, I don't know where she disappeared to, but all I know, those double doors bust open and it was like six nurse came busting through these doors and they went and got her. I went and got a wheelchair. I tried to sit her down and no. she wasn't about to sit down because she knew more of what was going on in her pants than I did. I couldn't <laughs> see what was happening. So she knew his head was kind of coming out. So she knew. So at this point, I have to go back and park the car because I couldn't leave it there or they would have told us. This is the part where I don't know what happened quite after that. Because I, I still had to check in. I had to give her ID to the receptionist and all this stuff. So this part is where she could tell you exactly what happened because I was outside parking the car. And this is why I'm still upset to this day. Go. <laughs> okay. So like you said, you pulled up. All of this is happening at like 6, 7 o'clock in the morning on a Sunday. So like you said, you pulled up. There was nobody anywhere. And that lady came out and was looking at me like I had three legs. And she's like, what's wrong? You bring the wheelchair out. Everyone is insisting I sit down. I am like, I cannot sit down because I know I can feel that his head is basically out. And I have on sweatpants and I'm like, I'm not sitting down because I didn't even sit down in the car ride. Nope. nope. You was up the whole time. Yeah. Like I couldn't even sit in the car ride to the hospital. So I was like, I'm not sitting down in a wheelchair. I like tiptoed. All the nurses came out. So they're thinking that I'm being extra and you're at the check-in. So they're like, okay, we're going to get you set up in triage. And I'm like, okay. So they take me to the room, about to hook me up to the uh, like the, the monitors. Tell me to take my sweatpants off. I lay on the bed and they're like, oh, his head is out. <laughs> and they're like, well, can somebody hurry up and call the doctor? You know, because the person that was supposed to she deliver me. She wasn't even there. Wasn't there. <laughs> so they were trying to find someone else to help me deliver this baby that was already on mm. its way out. They couldn't even connect me to a machine. I wasn't even in the right room. So, um, I just remember lying on the bed. They said his head is out. They're trying to take me to a delivery room and they pushed the bed out into the hallway, turned it. And I was like, I'm having another contraction. He's coming. And they're like, don't push, don't push, don't push. And it just, the contraction hit and the baby came out. (laughs) (laughs) And in, in the hallway like I did <laughs> they stopped the bed like I never made it to the room I'm in the hallway and this baby comes out and they you know hurry up and grabbed him and put him on me I still have on my t-shirt and my hoodie like I'm still fully dressed <laughs> and he put him on me so I see the white spot on his head something like you know it's just mucus or something he just came out they didn't get to wipe him off he's not crying he's literally just chilling and then we get to the room they're trying to figure out all my information, all of that stuff. And then you come in. <laughs> to my surprise, he's, I'm thinking I'm about to walk in. They have her hooked up to the machine. <laughs> they gave her some type of pain reliever. I, I don't know the, the entire setup process for that. Because again, the setup for Ava was completely different 
from the setup for him. So as I'm walking in the room, I'm thinking she's about getting ready to, you know, have this baby. As I'm walking in the room, they're carrying him past me <laughs> to the little table where they, you know, they they clean him off at. And as they walking past me, I looked at the I, only thing I saw was the top of his head and it was a white patch. So I'm thinking maybe it's something on his head or it was just, you know, the way he came out and his head was just slicked down into a white like spot. Because normally when babies come out, they're not their skin tone is completely pale. Like they don't have a skin tone yet. Like that stuff doesn't kick in just yet. Not at least until they've been out for, you know, a few minutes or whatever. So now I'm upset. Because th- this is supposed to be a happy moment for me, but I'm more upset because I did not get to see my son <laughs> emerge into this world. He was already, to be honest, he was he was already out in the hallway. Yeah. <laughs> so by the time they got to the room, it was probably what the cleanup portion of the the, the situation. Yeah, it was basically trying to scramble into almost start the process over like do the beginning and the end at the same time because it's like they're asking me for information but they're also like cleaning him up stitching me up but still trying to enter me into the system mm-hmm. <laughs> now the, the 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 part i did see come out was the afterbirth yeah. that was the only part that i seen actually you know exit house if if, if you will now the more interesting part about all of this Tell them about the 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 nurses that came out and actually helped you. What what role did they actually had in that hospital that day? Oh, um, the nurses that basically caught him because I won't say they they delivered him, but that caught him. There was two that had been like there for some time, but there was like another one that was basically training because she was a student at my the same college that I went to, the same university. And they weren't supposed to deliver babies. Like, that's not in their job description. Not even a little bit. So when the paperwork came, well, when it was time to do all this stuff on in a system, because there was no doctor who delivered this baby. There wasn't. There was just nurses, RNs, and all that other stuff. So they had to enter in the nurse as being the one who delivered the baby. Because <laughs> she wasn't there. Because <laughs> there was no doctor. So it's just like whoever caught the baby is the one who gets the credit and the payment for that day. So... They were basically nurses in training. Yeah. And they got a crash course on <laughs> how to deliver or how to assist in the delivery of a baby. That was probably the most interesting part about that day. Because, again, these aren't people that are trained for this. They weren't expecting this. Uh, I guarantee you they talked about it for a, a few days after this situation happened oh definitely so it it was it was it was interesting to say the least and then when her doctor actually got there the only thing that she was like was like well i heard you did good i'm like and i'm like where the fuck were you like you still (laughs) sleeping and it's going down out here but at least she did send word you know ahead to us letting letting us know that she was on her way so yeah just she was just a little too late but, you know, thankfully for us, you know, they were there to, you know, make sure nothing went wrong because uh, for both pregnancies, it was high risk. So anything, any little thing could have gone wrong would have had a dramatic effect on, you know, how the children were birthed. But thankfully, they they, they both were, you know, born with no complications, no issues. 
They're both crazy, though. It's highly. But there was something else that happened during a pregnancy that I want you to go over because it did affect you in a, a pretty major way. And it was something new to you. It was something I've never heard of. And of course, you know, you did your research and you found out things about it. But I still want you to to talk about your experience with uh, said uh, uh, Bell's palsy, is it called? Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's talk about that a little bit. Okay. So first pregnancy, like ever in life, um, 2015, I'll say, because my baby shower was... Shower was scheduled for November 20th, something like that. So, um, I'll say like a few months, few weeks, sorry. Before then, I had been feeling sick like I had a cold. And then I had thought I had gotten rid of it. I didn't take any medicine for it. And then I remember we had like ordered food, like cheesesteaks. And I had like my favorite soda at the time was Canada Dry, the Blackberry one. But everything tasted horrible. Like, mm-hmm. the food tasted horrible. I thought they just made my sub wrong. The soda tasted horrible. I thought it was just flat. Um, But everything tasted nasty. And then it went from that to my eye watered for, like, three days straight, it felt like. Yeah, and I, I do remember you saying you couldn't stop and you had uh, tissue under it yeah. for, for a long time. So, But even this was still kind of early on, so there was real no no real telltale sign and i didn't think much of it because you have allergies on a regular basis all year round anyway so exactly. it really wasn't a red flag for that but yeah that that was that wasn't a telltale for me at in any way and then i was talking to i think i asked my mom and you and then i'm like i feel like something's wrong with my eye on my right side because that's the one that's been leaking and you both were like yeah it's not closing all the way when you blink so i'm like all right Made my doctor's appointment with my primary care physician. And she's looking at me and she's like, uh, yeah. Because I think by the time I even got to the doctor's, my face on my right side was completely stiff. Like, no movement. And it was drooping. And she noticed that. So she's like, asking me all these questions, making sure it's not a stroke. And she, like, had to go uh, talk to someone else. And came back and basically said, like, yeah, I had Bell's palsy, which is... It could be partial or full paralysis of the face muscles. And luckily, I only had it on my right side. So the reason why my eye was running for all those days was because it wasn't closing because the muscles weren't Mm -hmm. working. The food tasted disgusting because my taste buds on the side of my tongue stopped working. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's like I couldn't smile. I couldn't. Like I said, close my eyes. Even when I was sleeping, it was still semi-open. Um, couldn't drink out of a straw. It was kind of difficult to talk. It's hard to have to interact with people because I had to go to one of my close friends' baby shower. And I, we sat in the back because I was like, I don't really want to go, but I already said I would be here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were close friends before all of that. And one of my old co-workers came up and was like, what's wrong? And I'm like, nothing's wrong. It's just, you know, this side of my face don't work, but the baby's fine. Always having to be reassuring to people like, the baby's fine. You know, I'll be okay. And they, with the help of the prescriptions I had, which is a steroid and something else, but I had to take like different denominations each day. Like one day I would take five, then four, then three, then two, mm-hmm. then one. Okay. And then 
I did some face massages. I researched everything I could because I did not want to have to give birth and not be able to smile at my child with my face stuck. But luckily, it uh, it went away way before the baby shower, before I even had her. And it's crazy because not many people have it and there's not a lot of research on it. So there's no way to know if this will come back or how long it'll last or exactly what you can do to get rid of it. Like, it's just all up to chance. You don't know when it could happen or anything like that. And that's scary because sometimes my face will still like twitch on that side. Right, I could right. be washing my face and I'll feel like <laughs> you just kind of a freak muscle out. <laughs> like twinge or something like yeah, that. And yeah. I just freak out because I'm just like, I do not want this to happen again because I was lucky the first time. But who knows? Because there's people whose faces are still stuck like years yeah, yeah. after coming in contact with this. Isn't there, um, like, was it a law and order? No, it's not law and order. Criminal, Criminal Minds. Minds. Yeah. yeah. One of the, uh, the characters on there, he has that in real life. So, and, I, it, when it happened to him, it never stopped happening to him. Like it nope. just it's permanently still, that yeah. way. So, um, that was, I, I see. I I try to, you know, uh, make make a give a lighter side, especially with that situation. Especially when I meet a doctor and say, it, it, you know, it's probably not going to be permanent, but it's just something that you have to, you know, manage at this point. Being as though you're pregnant, and it's not really that many things you can take being pregnant with. You know that that wouldn't, you know cause an issue with the baby so and i like i said i try to make make it a, a lighter side of it you know just trying to be silly about it and, and making jokes and stuff like that not to you know hurt feelings or nothing like that. it's just trying to get you to laugh about it to you know get you off the, the the bad you know the negative you know stigma of it but that was that was pretty interesting because i've never heard of that before prior to that happening and I've watched that show many a times, and I never looked at his face. I'm like, what's wrong with his face? I just thought that was his face. Yeah. Like, I didn't think it was like a, a nervous system, like, shutdown. But he has that. a lot of facial hair, too. So it's just like, and he's Italian. So he's just like, oh, you know, that's just part of that. Yeah, so I, I didn't really think much of it. So that was a pretty interesting uh, thing to have to go through as far as pregnancy. So, <clears throat> But it can happen to anyone. Yeah, it, it can it, happen it can. to anybody at it any can. time. It so, can happen yeah. to cats. Uh, okay, we're not going to talk about <laughs> what can happen to cats because cats are just by nature a weird ass animal. So, <laughs> so um, on since you've had two children at this point, rank your pain index because people make a lot of make a lot of uh, uh, stories about the pain and there's no pain like that. Now I can tell you what I think your pain your pain index is. But I want you to tell me what you think your pain index, <laughs> your tolerance of the pain was with both children. You can start with Ava. Tell me where your pain index was with that versus <laughs> where it was with, with uh, Dallas. Okay, with Ava, it was nerves that took over everything. So me having my nerves on 10, the pain wasn't that bad. Like I could have kept going with no drugs, but I just chickened out. But um. Plus, that was drug induced as well. So I'll say the pain was like. Wait, wait, wait. let's let's clear that up. Not like <laughs> like cocaine, or she wasn't like battling addiction or nothing like that. She mean an epidural, you know the no, the, the standard. I was induced, so they do they give you the right. They drip, give you the, the drip. Yeah, the, just the, uh, the kind of ease the pain and all of that. Yeah. So let's make that clear. It, ain't it makes your contractions ten times yeah, harder like, when you it ain't cocaine are induced. Like that. So let's let's clear that. Can't up. Make, well, <laughs> it's no way to whatever i was induced 
and the contractions were induced, so that made them hit harder. But um, I would say the pain was like mm-hmm. an eight. So with Ava, you say it was an eight. Yeah. So is it was it as bad as people make it sound? No. So you would say on record, it was no. It, it wasn't a breeze. I wouldn't say that, but no. it wasn't as bad as you as people make it out to be. Now with Dallas, where do you say? Where do you think it is? <laughs> with Dallas, there was no pain. There was no pain. No pain. None. The whole delivery and the whole two-day hospital stay, no pain. So for that, that's got to be like a three, <laughs> if that. There was no pain. All right, so rate the contractions with Ava versus Dallas. The pain for, for those two. Okay, having an induced birth for, my, for Ava, the contractions were like, like a seven or eight, like I said, but... Having a natural birth with Dallas where I went through basically everything at home by myself. (laughs) It's almost non-existent. Like, there was no pain. It was just discomfort. With Ava, it was like legit. The contractions, I felt through like my whole body. Plus, I was nervous. Mm -hmm. So, I'm already shaking from nerves and then these contractions. It was just a setup for disaster. Yeah, uh, it's it was a pretty uh, eventful, you know, time both times with the children. So, <clears throat> like I said, even though I, I kind of get upset, you know, with with him emerging quicker than I would have liked to him, I'm still, you know, completely grateful that everything went the way it was supposed to go. You know, like I said, no one sustained any real injuries, both the children and you. Yeah. So it was a. Uh, pretty eventful like i i would tell that story a million times over and it would be the same every single time like ava step by step i was right there dallas i was there up until it was time for him to come out <laughs> all because i had to park a goddamn car so and it's almost make you think like hospitals should have people for that you they should have like, you, like you roll up you toss them the keys and and you take what you need to take and, and go, you know, have your baby. And the checkout process, like, can we wait till we get to the room to do that? Like, it's kind of important. Like, I'm not here for fun. Like, it's, it's oh, obvious yeah, a baby's coming up. Yeah, like that. Yeah. Because that kind of, that was the part that held me up. It wasn't so much as the car situation. It was the part that I had to check you in. Like, can we do this some other time? Like, let me get into the room. You bring a folder or whatever you need to bring in there so we can validate who we are and why we're here. Well, honestly, like, my... I thought I was going to make it to the induction date, which was the 6th. I could have registered at that hospital, like, basically checked in online way in advance. But I didn't think it was necessary because I thought I had time. So if I had checked in in advance, you would not have had to to go to that counter. So, you know, if you ever have another kid or if I do. So you're saying it was your fault? I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> no, it's still his fault because uh-huh. he came before he was supposed to. Mm-hmm. Even though he was already baked. Yeah, well. Because he was trying to slide out in the car. Yeah, a few times. Thank baby Jesus for <laughs> Kegels. Because... <laughs> yeah, it's a, like I said, it, it was a, a eventful time. I wouldn't treat it. I mean, I would change one part about it, but the experience as a whole, I wouldn't change it at all. Like it was... It was uh, something to uh, behold, to say the least. Like, now, I don't know what other... I'm sure there's people that have crazier stories. I'm pretty sure people have had babies and 
way worse situations than you know what we did so we actually lucked up we we got fortunate with my erratic driving and you know still trying to be cautious all at the same time but outside of that man it's uh being a parent i think is it, it can be pretty rewarding if if everybody you know if no one kills each other it, it could be pretty rewarding and i think we've gotten close with these children around here so i mean they're they're in bed asleep now and the best time to admire them is when they're asleep and can't talk and walk and run and, and get into shit. And, and and see, Dallas has this thing with him <laughs> where he pours everything out. A cup, a can, a bottle. If it doesn't have a tap on it, he's going to pour it out. I don't know if it's a game to him or it's just he likes to see stuff fall to the floor. I, I don't I don't know. but Because he takes stuff off it's highly annoying. and throws it down. It's highly annoying. Ava, she's more so the help me girl. I can't do that. She have her time. Like Ava can do just about anything she set her mind to. But she has these moments where she feels completely helpless. Like she can't do something. Like she'll have a, a, a fork full of food and she can't seem to get her hand to go to her mouth. <laughs> like it's, it's, it gets irritating at times because like, you know, she know how to do this stuff, but she just want you to baby her. And I think her brother has a lot to do with that. She, we, she see him getting all this treatment because he's a baby. He can't do this stuff. But she don't, she don't, she doesn't realize that. She just want to have the same type of treatment. So it's true what they say. You know, they, they do get jealous of each other quite often. Dallas, he'll be getting held by you. And then Ava like, well, I want to be held too. And then she come jumping on my lap. So like, it's constant competition between these two. So. Don't let nobody ever tell you that, you know, raising two small children at the same time is easy because one by itself is enough, but two of them is it's a whole nother ball game. So, I I I highly highly appreciate the efforts and and all the things you have to deal with on a daily basis with them, especially being you know you're in the house with them all the time, all day, and you still have to juggle house activities and make sure the house is, you know, not burning and, and all of that stuff. So. Uh, mad, mad props to you on that one. Like that's that's tough. Like Thanks. that's 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 really tough. So, it is. You know, so it's you. You have to be a special kind of person to to have the kind of patience that you do <laughs> dealing with two children of different genders. So, mad, mad props in that front. Like that's 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 a hard one right there. So, but outside of uh, being a mom, I mean, uh, I I think uh. Life would be a little different. What do you think? If 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 you could have one day that you didn't have your children, how would you spend it? Oh my gosh, I would sleep so long, <laughs> so hard. <laughs> I would sleep so much. Okay, so I did have a day. What? What? Where I didn't have any. Um. I didn't have any kids. Where were they? Oh, they were at my mom's house. I didn't have a day to myself. It was so awkward because I was like, I woke up my normal time. I think I still ate breakfast the same time I feed them. And then I just was like, what am I supposed to do? I came back upstairs. I got back in bed. I watched TV. It was too freaking quiet in the house. I was still sneaking and eating snacks as if they were here. Like I couldn't just hourly eat my candy. I was just still like <laughs> under the <laughs> like I opened it under the covers. Like they might hear it. Yeah, but nobody was here but me. It was 
Yeah, so I, I get it because I, I do the same thing. So especially when you you really don't want to share your stuff with them, it's it's like now you you automatically cautious even you know when they're not in the house. So it's 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 funny. It's so. a habit now. Yeah, so like Ava, I think I I think that's her. I think she just woke up, yeah, crying and screaming. So she probably has to go potty. So on that note, I think we're gonna have to cut this one a little bit short. Cause I don't want her screaming into this. That's just bad for production. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, yeah, I, I want to thank you for being on the show. Am I getting paid it's, for uh, this? I, I give you like $2 or something like that. $2? Yeah, $2. You know what you can do with $2? Nothing. Or Snickers. That's all you need. That's all you need in life. Snickers. Try and get that sponsorship. What's up with it? Anyway, uh, but thank you for being on the show. Uh, probably going to be on a, a few more episodes. You know, you... You are a very good uh, guest, and you, you're nice to look at too. So, thank you for being on the show. Uh, any any last words? Any you want anything you want to plug? Don't pet the sweaty stuff. Don't sweat the petty stuff. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, if you want to see me, I have an Instagram. It's the next t h a underscore n i k s. Um. If you want to hear all of my wild thoughts that range from 90s music to porn stars, then you could follow me at my Twitter, which is the same, the next T-H-A underscore N-I-K-S. Um, I started my mom blog on YouTube. I think my name on there is just Nikia B, so N-I-K-E-A, letter B, and a period. I think that's all I have so far. Don't follow me on Facebook because that's where I keep all my family. <laughs> it's it's basically church for the social media. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, stay away from that one. That's not the real person. So. I mean, I had a LinkedIn, but then I got a stalker, so I had to delete that. So. Oh, that's all good. So, well, on that note, uh, thanks for being here, and we'll catch you guys on the next episode of Project Verbatim. I am your host Rodney E. She is the Knicks. Peace. <laughs>